Welcome back. It's great to be with you here today. Our scripture is Matthew 26, 47 through 49. While he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived. With him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent by the chief priests and elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Here Jesus is betrayed, betrayed by his very own disciple, Judas. It even reads, One of the Twelve, someone Jesus called friend. Proverbs 27.6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. The praises, the gifts, the compliment of an enemy are deceitful because they come from a deceitful heart. Whereas a friend will tell you the truth, even if it hurts, an enemy is more interested in their own gain and will hide their true intentions behind their kisses. Unfortunately, it's often true that we are our own worst enemies. Outside of the keeping power of the Holy Spirit, our human hearts are so easily enticed and led astray. Jeremiah 17.9 The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? What had brought Judas to this point? How did he get to this place to betray Jesus, whom he had been with all this time, listening to his teaching, witnessing his miracles? It appears to me that he had a place in his heart where sin was able to hide and to fester. A foothold for the devil, as Ephesians 4.27 says. In John 12.6, we learn that as keeper of the money box, he used to steal what was put into it. I don't think it's just a coincidence that we see this secret sin in Judas' life. This greed and desire for worldly wealth gives us a clue into how he was eventually so enticed he became a slave to these desires to the point of Luke 22.3 where it says Satan entered Judas and he went to the chief priests. And in Matthew 26.14 we read, One of the twelve, the one named Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priest and said, What will you give me to betray him into your hands? So they set out thirty silver coins for him. Thirty silver coins. Judas had probably sat and listened to the words of Jesus, Matthew 6.24, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Judas here is proving Christ's words true, unfortunately in the wrong way. So twisted by the love of money, his heart despises the Son of God and betrays him. 1 Timothy 6, 9-11 Those who long to be rich, however, stumble into temptation and a trap, and many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils. Some people, in reaching for it, have strayed from the faith and stabbed themselves with many pains. Some of the scripture you read about Judas almost makes it seem like he didn't have much of a choice in the matter, that he was predestined to do this. And maybe to some extent this is true, that there had to be a betrayer in God's plan. But the truth is, if not Judas, 
there would have been plenty of other candidates for the job. Countless human hearts that Satan could entice and lead astray by their worldly desires. Just look at the mob that came with Judas. It's described as a large crowd, people waiting for the sign from Judas. Why did they need a signal to identify Jesus, whom they were to arrest? Apparently, they didn't even, didn't even recognize Jesus on their own, but here they are with swords and clubs to do the bidding of the chief priests. Why? Were they paid like Judas? Or was something else set on the table for them, like when Judas asked, What will you give me to betray Jesus into your hands? Ask yourself, what would it take for you to betray Jesus? Of course, we all know the right answer to this question. Nothing, nothing would ever make me betray Jesus. Unfortunately, we start to sound a lot like the disciple, one of Jesus' closest disciples, Peter, just before he denied even being associated with Jesus. But if we are honest, there's probably something we are holding back. Something that in the weakness of our flesh, we would count too high of a cost. What if it required your wealth? What if it required your status or prestige? What if it cost us our very lives? Would we forfeit the world to stay true to Jesus? Knowing our own weakness, knowing our own hearts, how can we truly say yes? We know what we ought to say and what we ought to do, but find ourselves unable to do so. Wretched ones that we are, who will save us? How can we be faithful friends? Thanks be to God that we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother, a high priest who was tempted in every way. You see, Satan laid it all on the table for Jesus, all the riches, all the wealth that he could want but he would not betray the Father. He would not betray us. He endured to the end, pierced for our sin. He remained our faithful friend, and his wounds become faithfulness in us. The punishment he bore brings us peace. And much of that peace is found in being content in him. And Jesus continued in Matthew 6.25, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry. Can't you just breathe a little easier there? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Being content keeps us from being led astray by our own desires. 1 Timothy 6.19 in this way, you will save up a treasure for yourself as a firm foundation for the future and so lay hold of what is truly life. Hebrews 13.5 Your conduct must be free from the love of money and you must be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you and I will never abandon you. With Jesus, our faithful friend, we have everything we need to live in godliness and contentment. Again, I want to leave you with the words to a song today. These are lyrics by Rich Mullins. And there's a loyalty that's deeper than mere sentiments, and a music higher than the songs that I can sing. 
The stuff of earth competes for the allegiance I owe only to the giver of all good things. So if I stand, let me stand on the promise that you will pull me through. And if I can't, let me fall on the grace that first brought me to you. And if I sing, let me sing for the joy that is born in me these songs. And if I weep, let it be as a man who is longing for his home. May our contentment and our home be found in Christ today. Amen.